The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us again. Thank you so much for joining. And remember to join us via our podcasts. You can go onto your phone or whatever, wherever you get your podcasts from, just type in from the median and the program you want to listen to and away you go. We have a brand new guest joining us right now. It's been absolutely wonderful to see the work that she's been doing. And we've sort of been looking at at the websites and all the things that are happening. Terry Goodman is an accomplished minister and leader from a long line of ministers. She is speaking today, however, on behalf of the 800-plus African missionaries throughout whom God is moving powerfully. Their work has garnered significant attention and admiration in missions, evangelism, discipleship, Muslim background believers, and uprooting spiritual darkness in developing nations. Terry is working with an organization called Fervor International. And the other very interesting thing about Terry is that she sold every single asset that she owns and has given it all to overseas missions, where she currently resides full-time as a voluntary missionary. Terry, so honored to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Molly. And it's my joy to be here and just to share a little bit about what God is doing in the countries in Africa. Absolutely. So Terry asked me before we came on the air now, how do you want to focus? And I I said to her, you know, as you all know, all of my listeners know, I grew up in Africa. So I have such a deep deep love for Africa. I think, and and she and I were just talking about this, I think, Terry, that Africa is going to save the world. <laughs> I really do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I would have to agree with you on that. Yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many, the deep spirituality that the African people of all different tribes have is something to, to behold. Now, let's face it, sometimes the, the, the spirituality is not going in the right direction, and we, we know that, just like the spirituality in America is not going in the right direction. So that's not a, you know, that's not a criticism, that's a recognition of what has, what happens to the human condition. We, we tend to do that. But Terry, I want to, you to tell us a little bit about how did you get into this work and what are you doing? What is the actual focus here? Thank you, Molly. Well, I've been involved in missions uh, pretty much most of my adult life. And the very first time I went to Africa was in 1996. And it so happened that I went to Uganda. And it was also during the war in the northern part of Uganda, the Kony War. And so that was my first introduction to Africa and have been in and out for many, many years. One of the things that I used to say to the Lord, I'll go for a month, but I won't stay for life. But uh, God has a way of taking our words and turning them around. And when I became introduced to Favor International in 2020, uh, God started to grip my heart in a different direction. And uh, I, I recognized a, a ministry that was actually training Indigenous missionaries 
and they were doing the work. And so, and, and also the fact that, um, thousands upon thousands of souls were getting saved every month. So my heart was really tugged towards that. And, uh, it was in 2020 when I first met the founder, Carol Ward and, um, God just started to speak to my heart and how I ended up there full time was, uh, in, in the beginning of 2021, he woke me up in the middle of the night and he said, will you go? And I said, of course, Lord, I'll go. I've been in and out most of my life and, and love, love, love the African continent. And, uh, but then he said to me, will you stay? And I remember kind of freezing in my bed and um, not answering him and going back to sleep that night. But the very next night, same time, two o'clock in the morning, he woke me up again and said, will you go? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. And he said, will you stay? And uh, at that point in time, I, I began to have a conversation. I had just bought a car. I was going to do the snowbird thing. I had a little place in Florida and, and uh, my, my uh, residence in Toronto. And uh, so I, I, I said those things back and forth to the Lord. What about the children? What about the grandchildren? And, you know, he answered all of my questions. He said, just give everything away and I'll take care of you. And I said, what about the kids, God? And he said, don't you think I can take care of the kids much better than you can? And so every question was answered, and and um, I, I I just wanted to be obedient. And so literally I took everything away, and um, the rest is history. I'm, I'm now the country director for, for Uganda with Favor International. And in Uganda, we have... Um, a little over 400 uh, field, uh, well, we call them all missionaries, half are field, half are in the offices. And then in South Sudan, which is where our director, when I got to Uganda, she headed to South Sudan. And um, we have about, well, well over 400 field missionaries uh, in in, in uh, South Sudan. And currently, Molly, we're in 10 countries with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's all the field missionaries. The only white people there are, are me in Uganda and Carol in South Sudan, and the rest are all indigenous, trained, passionate uh, missionaries that are taking the gospel into unreached tribes, into Muslim areas, and they're, they're prepared to go uh, even at the cost of their life. Wow. Wow. What I, I mean, that is a huge challenge. I can't even ima- start to imagine what you've, what you've given up and what you're doing because it is a very, I mean, it is the most, uh, as, as we've already said, it is the most beautiful uh, continent and the African people in Africa are the most amazing people. Um, but it is very different from what we are used to here in, through Western civilization. It's very, very different. So yeah, it has yeah. to have been, you had to have just said, okay, God, I'm coming. I'm going to just do it and close my eyes and you better lead me because <laughs> I cannot even imagine the, you know, yeah. what you had to, what you had to do and how you had to get, uh, make this all happen. So tell us a little bit about, um, bringing the gospel to, to the, to the indigenous people in Africa and walk us through. I mean, there's some beautiful, beautiful photos and, and just uh, descriptions on your website, which of course is favor, F-A-V-O-R, International, I-N-T, 
fevelinternational.org. So Fevel International. Um, so, but if you just type that in, it'll pop right up anyway. But we will put this, uh, the website up on our, on our, from the Median website so that you've got it. Anybody who wants to go there and check it out. It's, it's an amazing, uh, an absolutely amazing story. Um, uh, and, and just a missionary, uh, a mission work because you, you are doing things, um, that is, that is literally saving the continent. I, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about, as I said, about how do you go about this? What is the, what's the process to get that app life saving gospel word to the people? Well, I, I would, I would be amiss if I didn't say it all starts with prayer. Yeah. Um, very, very, very much, uh, leading a prayer movement. And when you lead a prayer movement, and that's how that's how favor started. Uh, Carol Ward went 20 years ago, and she just went to pray when the war was on in in uh, northern Uganda, a, a horrendous war, uh, where Joseph Kony abducted 50,000 children and used them as as soldiers. And so she went north during the war just to pray to see the war stopped. So it's very much a prayer movement that turned into a missionary movement. So prayer is still the, the core and the heart of everything that we do. We don't go anywhere without first um, bathing the area in prayer and fasting. And our teams do that, uh, whether it's a crusade or our rural evangelism programs. It's, it, it all starts with, with fasting and prayer. And then we go. And when you pray, as it says in Matthew, the strong man is bound, and then you can go and spoil the goods. So unless we bind the strong man in the spirit, then you bump up against all kinds of things. And yes, Africa is very much a spiritual continent. Uh, but in years past, the, the spirit, spiritism has been on the dark side. Absolutely. Witchcraft and is very prevalent even to this day. And um, then the, then when the gospel is introduced, there's the need for deep discipleship because there, then there can be, you know, a, a duality where the, where the, there's a mix between the gospel and witchcraft. So teaching is very important. And um, I guess when I first encountered uh, favor, what really impressed me was the, the leading, the, the leading of the movement is by indigenous people. It's not Western driven. It's driven by the people and the Westerners being myself and Carol are there to guide and to help, you know, to bring accountability and to see that the gospel goes deep. The discipleship is deep. The teaching is deep. And so when Carol first went 20 years ago, she didn't have any idea that what, what we see today is what would happen. And uh, so my role basically is to guide a team that's already in action, passionate for the gospel, lead them and help them guide them towards where their vision is. And so if they come and say, we want to go to this uh, naked warring tribe on the far eastern side of Uganda, then the first thing we do is let's pray. Let's get out the map and let's pray and let's have days of fasting and prayer. And then they go. And so when they go to these areas, many times they've never even heard the name of Jesus. Some of the deep, deep rural, you know, the, the, the warring tribes, uh, they've never heard the gospel. 
So they go in and in their own mother tongue, they're able to to share the gospel. Now, one of the programs that's that's seeing the most uh, salvations and discipleship is what we call our rural evangelism. And our teams, our missionaries, they go two by two and they'll go and they stay for three months. Hmm. So they go hut to hut, whatever, door to door. And, and they, they, they draw a crowd and then they discipleship and they stay for two months or three months rather. And they do trauma healing. They do marriage. They do discipleship. They teach them how to do evangelism. And by the time they leave, they plant a church if there's not one already there. And so that's where, where we're seeing the most uh, amount of people come to Jesus is through those rural programs where our missionaries go just this year molly we went into chad and uh chad i think on the on the charts is the third most unreached country in the world and um we've got teams in there now doing this rural evangelism they're finding some believers but they're underground because of islam and so strengthening the church and and so on and so forth wow you you talk about um, there's a lot of uh, um, obviously a lot of work that has to be done with um, healing because uh, Africa is so war torn it is so war torn and there is such a spiritual battle going on there between the Muslims and 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 all religions in fact you so so you know and when they start with those those sort of religious wars it is it is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking to see how the the local indigenous people suffer as a result of that. How yes. do you get into those types of community who have to be absolutely terrified because of what they've experienced? Yes, that's a, that's an excellent question. And so my answer to that is trauma counseling. We have a, a, a trauma counseling uh, course that's in-depth uh, healing for war-torn people and, and, and victims of trauma and uh, so that that has opened doors, especially South Sudan and North. And it has, has actually become very recognized by the government in South Sudan. And uh, they've asked for it amongst top generals and even in parliament. We've had the opportunity and the University of Juba. So many, many places have asked for trauma healing. Now, you probably know, or some of the listeners may or may not know, that there's war going on in Sudan. And so what we've seen happen these past few months is uh, an influx of refugees coming from Sudan into the northern part of South Sudan. And the government has given us permission to go into these refugee camps with trauma healing. And so that's, that has been an open door for the gospel. So we'll go in our we've got teams on the ground right now in these refugee camps. Uh 99.9% Muslim and uh, fl- fl- fleeing from the war in Sudan. And our teams go in with the trauma healing into the refugee camps with government approval. And so when they get in there by the third lesson they're teaching on forgiveness and how can you extend something that you've never yourself experienced. And that's when we introduce them to the great forgiver. And uh, we're seeing Muslims come to Jesus openly confessing their faith and uh, water baptized uh, wow. in public. And then then there's a bounty on their head. Of course, the imams don't like it. 
And I could tell you many testimonies if you have time for testimonies. But um, absolutely, we've absolutely. Brought, we've just recently brought about forty of these new converts to our our our, our offices or our our centers in Juba, South Sudan, where they're now being trained by Muslim background believers. They're being trained as uh, missionaries who will then in turn go back. So we, we've brought them out to secure their safety, actually smuggled them out and brought them to Juba. So they're in a compound right now being trained, almost 50 wow. uh, men that have publicly uh, renounced Islam and accepted Jesus and now are being trained to go back as missionary. So, oh, that we could have uh, Terry in, in, in what we're doing in America here, because <laughs> Terry, this is what is needed for us to be able to defeat the evil is people like you, missionaries like you that have really understood it is an all or nothing, um, uh, work that, we, that you're it, dealing with. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. And, and, um, men that are willing to lay down their lives for the gospel, uh, one testimony I'll tell you was a man named Muhajid, and uh, he was an imam, and he he was a, a a terrorist basically. He had burned 117 churches, sentenced pastors to death, and and himself had beat many pastors. And he left Khartoum. This was last year. He left Khartoum and he went to Juba to visit relatives. While he was in Juba. He had a dream, the same dream, four nights in a row. A man in white came to him and said, I'm the true prophet. And so that started him on a quest, realizing that maybe Muhammad was not the true prophet. And his quest led him to our radio station in Juba, which is a, a, a gospel station, but speak, uh, the, the language is Arabic. And he heard about Jesus, so he made his way there, gave his life to Jesus, and just said, I've been wrong all my life. And he said, what do I do now? We were just about to start a two-month intense training with all of our field missionaries. And our team said to him, why don't you join us for the training? And he did. And when he got there, the second the second uh, day that he was there, he said, I want to share something. And he got up and he, he shared how he found Jesus. Two of our guys rushed up to the to the podium where he was standing and he said what are you guys doing alive he had burnt their churches and sentenced them to one of them he had beat and they hugged and they repent there was repentance and forgiveness and to make a long story short today muhajid is in the refugee camps teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of these ones that have just gotten saved are because of Muhammad Muhajid is now there. Now, let me just say at the end of the two months, I was in Juba when this happened. He said, can I share again? Now, two months after being discipled and trained in missionary training, he got up and said, my family has disowned me. There's a bounty on my head, but I have to go and tell my Muslim brothers and sisters about Jesus. And he said, I'm going to go to Libya. He said, I'll probably die. He said, how many here will go? There were 260 men from eight countries there. Every one of them instantaneously put up their hands, ready to give their lives. Why wouldn't we give what's temporal to have somebody gain what's eternal? And they all put up their hands. And that's the caliber of missionaries that are going. Muhajid is in the refugee camps right now, North South Sudan, 
preaching the gospel. And some of these ones that we have brought to Juba for training, he's the one that's led them to Jesus and water baptized them. Goodness, how powerful is that? Folks, if you want to help um, the favor to, to continue on in their work, go to their website. And I will, again, I will put that up on, on our website from the median.org. Um, it's favor international, which is F A V O R I N T L dot org. And we, we need, we need these people. You know, it's so interesting uh, as you're talking, Terry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to my childhood when, you know, the missionary were, mission, missionaries were doing work in Zambia. And, um, you know, there would be witch doctors in, in the villages who would be doing the most horrendous things. And as the, as the word of God takes hold, it is use, it, it is amazing to see it. And I, yes. I wish we could have the same kind of f- favor. <laughs> well, I wish you could have favor in our country right now, as you know, as you know, our program is a, is a pro-life program, pro-life, pro-family program for, uh, for more and more people to understand the devastation. I mean, you talk about the, you know, the warring in, in Africa. We are warring in our own country right here against children. How, yes. how absolutely wonderful it would be if we could Build up this missionary force that you are building up in Africa. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Yes. What? Um, any other uh, uh, specific things that you think has made a difference um, through through the missionary work of Favor um, that you see as being really sort of something that stands out? Well, I I guess I have to go back to prayer. Uh, that's, that's what, what, uh, has made a difference. Prayer, teaching people to pray and to fast and, and, and mm-hmm. thinking here about America. You know, if, if America would, like Chronicles, you know, if, if we would cry out to God, repent, turn from our ways, then He would heal the land. And, and that's what I believe for America. You know, something just popped into my spirit as you were talking, and it was uh, David when he went to slay uh, uh, Goliath, and his brothers started to mock him. And he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And I think that's the challenge to to Americans, and, and well, really, I'm Canadian, but to the North American culture, is there not a cause that we would sacrifice and that we would stand up and that we would go to prayer, that we would pick up five smooth stones because it only takes one to knock down the giant. And uh, what we see in Africa is when you move the light in, the darkness dis- disappears. <laughs> And and, uh, and and that that's what America needs too, that we as believers would get out of our slumber and sleep and that we would rise up and move the light and watch the darkness flee and that there would be there would be someone like a David that would raise up all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and say, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And there is a cause. There is a cause for righteousness to prevail. There is a cause to rescue our children and to see the darkness pushed back. And um, sometimes I, I, I look at the church across North America and, and we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up out of our slumber and sleep because the same God in Africa is the same God in America. And what he's doing over there, he wants to do here as well. I can see, oh, that's so, so profound. You are so right. It has to start with prayer. It has to start with prayer. You know, and as, as we fight this battle, Terry, 
I think we've almost got to go back and teach people how to pray. Yes, yes. I, I'm I'm seeing that so often. People want to pray, but they don't really know how to pray. And that's, yeah. you know, what you're doing in Africa and what you're doing with these wonderful, wonderful people. This is, I think this is the answer. Yes. Well, I would just encourage people like the disciples. Jesus teaches how to pray. We can go to prayer seminars and prayer conferences and prayer teaching and prayer books. And there's, there's thousands of them. But Jesus just teaches how to pray and he will. He will. What the sacrifice is, is, is time. Oh, we will. It. So true. So true. Wow. You are one amazing lady. Thank you so much, Terry Goodman, for all that you are doing. You, I am just absolutely awed by what you're doing. Please, please, please don't stop. Keep it going. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. All right. Take, take care. And we'll, we'll check in with you again in the, in the future. How about that? That's wonderful. All right. God's love. God bless you too. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. <music> 